Hello, and welcome to Impact Wrestling's Why Are They Wrestling Each Other? Otherwise known as Final Resolution. Okay, maybe I'm being a bit harsh. Impact is not trending, but on people's minds again, as they were a few months ago with Slammiversary. And I have said several times, they are in danger of letting this go because their impact program is a little inferior at the moment. All this hokey soap opera stuff and not enough wrestling. Well, this program had some wrestling in it and not as much hokey soap opera stuff. Nice to see. It's uh, one of those um, Impact Plus monthly um, programs. I'm not watching it from my app because I can't get into my app and I won't be subscribing to um, Impact Wrestling anymore because of the way they have failed to sort that out. But I can still see stuff. That's probably an issue with their business model, I think. Anyway, this was enjoyable at times. Thankfully, hallelujah, it looks like we're going to end the Who Shot Johnny Bravo nonsense because the first match is an old school, with a K I presume, rules match between Tommy Dreamer and Larry D, who, if we remember, if we really want to go back to these murky waters, Larry D shot Johnny Bravo when he was under the spell of Rosemary, who wanted Johnny Bravo's virgin blood, as Lawrence D, and was jealous. Yeah, I won't return to that again. Don't worry. Now then, this may, I mean, this could be something a bit special because both wrestlers can do it. Johnny, uh, um, not Johnny Bravo, he can't do it. But Tommy Dreamer wants that old school stuff. He likes to do that. We are all artists stuff. And he's right, you know, but he wants to keep that going. Larry D is a big man who can move. Check out those abs. This should be good. And it was only warmed over. Tepid is another word I would use. Because if you're going to call this an old school rules match and you've got weapons around the ring, then really you do need to use them a bit. And that didn't happen. Larry was hyped up from the beginning. Um, he, uh, Dreamer hit Larry with a baking tray. We then went to the final resolution lo- logo and we saw him hit him with a baking tray. We then went to the final resolution logo and we saw him hit him with the baking tray. All right, we don't need to see it. I didn't even need a, 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 a replay of that because all he did was hit him with a baking tray. Then Larry unpacked one of his great moves. He hit him with a cardboard box. I'll bet that smarted. Back in the ring, Tommy Dreamer hit him with a baking tray. No, you're not seeing a replay. This happened a lot. The baking tray was utilised a lot. Dreamer does sell well, though. And when, when Larry got the chain round his neck, he really looked like he was gasping for air. Then um, Larry hit him with a, with a weightlifting belt, slapped him with that weightlifting belt he used. And um, Dreamer screamed. Lots of lovely selling. 
There was quite a nice um, tree of woe moment. Larry in the corner of the tree of woe. Chair set up in front of him. Low drop kick by Dreamer right into the chair and into the face. Of course we get a table. Dreamer has to really kind of suck in air to get it into the ring. <laughs> then AC comes down and attacks him. He sets the table into the corner. Bravo then gets involved because he's more manly now, you see. Gets taken out by both of them. But then dodges and AC goes through a table. And then um, Dreamer. We don't really see this so much in the camera, but we uh, it, from the camera world, but we see it with Larry's uh, reaction. Dreamer puts the kendo stick into his meat and two, his twig and berries, and there's a pin. What a bore. An old school match with a real adherence to the rules and not enough weapons. It started in a kind of very jumpy way. And here we see Omega's Omega's boss. Because you can't stop referring to that because that's the only hope you've got at the moment, it seems. Here's another match that we don't need. But it was okay. The Sea Stars, who were all right, versus Havoc and Nevaeh. Not really a lot to report here. Havoc's very impressive in her, stre- in her strength. And they get the pin, which is very nice, where um, they have one of the Sea Stars. I can't remember which one. It doesn't really matter, to be honest. With their legs around Havoc's waist. And then Nevaeh hits them with a low cutter. That was nice, but it was a non-event. A real non-event. Then we go to, the, to a bit of the promo about the money thing. Is this still a thing? I've had enough of it, really. Okay, so, next match. Caleb and Tennille. So we get to see Caleb with a K in the ring for the first time versus Eddie and Alicia. Why? Why are they fighting? Alicia's got issues with Sammy Callahan because of her husband. Tennille's been trying to talk to her about forming a team. They now seem to be cheesed off with each other. I don't quite know why, and I've been watching Impact. Anyway, with these people in it, i.e. Tennille, and that's about it, it should be a good match. And you know what? It was a comedy match. It was. Caleb can't get his shirt off at the beginning. Don't know why he hasn't got a great musculature. And uh, he gets the ref to do it. Eddie Mann handles him, Caleb screams, he's a cowardly heel, you'd expect all of that. There are some nice moments here, including a nice low cutter and a bulldog from Alicia. Um, Dashwood gives Alicia the noogie, which I really I really like that move, I think it's lovely. It's, it's, uh, it really just screams, um, I've got you where I want you, it's lovely, very nice. There's a massive gut wrench. Suplex from her as well. Really gets her over. Really had to muscle her over. Yeah, very good. And a tree of woe to Alicia with Dashwood just pulling back on the hair from outside. That's a great move and I love to see it. There's a nice moment where um, Eddie squares up to Tennille and Caleb tries to get between them and just jumps between them and lands on his side. That's a very nice move, as if he's taking a bullet. Very nice move. That's very good. I like that a lot. Then we've got some Callahan noise. Alicia is on the top, uh, uh, the top turnbuckle, gets distracted, and Dashwood rolls her up for the pin. 
What a terrible ending to an OK match. Callahan is in there at the end, attacks Eddie, goes to pile drive Alicia, security are out. What a rotten ending, I'll say it again, to a match that actually was pretty promising and enjoyable. Back to Omega's bus, because that's where the real thing is. Callis is outside Omega's bus, jawing about something. But that's where the importance is, not in the ring. Oh, all right, do we have to go back to the ring? Okay. Here we've got Tasha Steeles as the announcer, Hogan as the ref. Josh Matthews says, I'd hired them, I, I would hire them both to come to my birthday party. I'm not quite sure that's ideal because you sound like some kind of John and they sound like some kind of whores. That's not good, is it? Or at the best, clowns. And they are neither of them that. This match is Hernandez versus Falabar. Now, I really like to see Hernandez working. and I'm so glad he's still an impact. But why are Hernandez and Falabar fighting to get the money that either Steels or Hogan, one of the two, is currently carrying? Why? Because it was Hernandez's money in the first place, if you remember rightly. Okay, got from betting, so not in, in a nice way. But, you know, well, arm wrestling, wasn't it? But it was his money, stolen by Falabar, then stolen by Steels and Hogan, Heels and Stogan. So why should he be fighting Falabar? Why is he agreeing to that? No, just give me my money. No point to this match and very little on it, actually. There's a nice uh, Hernandez over the top. Just that very well. He moves so well for a big man. And Hogan, when Falabar pins, she's too excited to be refereeing, won't won't count it. In the end, Hernandez gets a splash. It looks good for the cash, but there's no money there. Splash for the cash. No money. So this nonsense continues. Just ridiculous. And now we've got something else which is nonsense. EY with Joe Doring, who is um, now mid-card, and quite rightly so, in my view. And Rhino, because Rhino suddenly got ex- he suddenly got interested because they attacked his friend Heath and him. So now Heath has got a long layoff, but we already knew he was very, very injured. So this match is nothing. There is absolutely nothing to report here, really. It's okay, but it, it, it is a mid-card sleeper. The only thing to report is that, and we knew this would happen, there's no surprise. Cody Dina, who's been doing that, I I mean something, I am not, you know, a number or whatever he wants to say, comes in with Jake, turns around, attacks Jake with the mask. They'll have a programme. It's a shame because I really like Cody's work. I, I love Cody and Jake's comedy work and that's part of the freewheeling fun of Impact. Now you've turned him, that's not going to work. Unless you're going to do some great heel comedy work with him, which I really doubt. Such a shame. I'll tell you what's good comedy work though, the bloke on the door. Again, he's got a bit with Scott Demore who wants to get a bit of a rub from someone who can do comedy. That's nice and if we see him continuing in Impact over the coming weeks, I'll be happy with that. Now, Here's something that happened too early. The mocha-skinned manimal, as Rohit has called himself, and I love that, is so good on the mic. He's such a fantastic, cowardly, X-Division champion heel that I can watch him for a long, long time. 
and he needs to have the belt to do that. Here he's fighting Malik, who they instantly say, well, that's TJP, isn't it? We've, we've got the, you can't fight you can't fight him unless you do the Dusty deal. Like, you know, what would Dusty do? Well, he'd come back under a mask, wouldn't he? So that's what he's done. And he's got, you know, we can clearly see the tattoos. It clearly is TJP. It's an okay match, but he never really catches fire. I mean, Rohit is solid and he's not a massive high flyer. But when he's got a high flyer in there who really goes, he really sells well. And I don't think TJP or Manic, or whatever you want to call him, is a great high flyer in this match. To be honest, there is some good stuff. There's a corkscrew over the top from Manic early and a great octopus to a crucifix roll-up into a single leg Boston. That's really nice. Later on, he gets a good go-to-sleep and a tornado DDT and Rohit comes back with a lovely rolling senton. But the win comes with a surprise roll-up. It was a good tight match, but it never went crazy. And that's such a shame because I think it could have done. And I think they have taken the belt off Rohit too early. I think you could give him another three or four, maybe even six months with this. I love the Nimrods watching at home. I know he's going to continue to do great work and I know he's going to be angry and I know he's going to be um, childish about this and I'm looking forward to that. But I think he needs the belt to give him that sense of um, that sense of position. It's such a shame to take it off him so early. And this TJP, sorry, you can't do anything, as story has, has gone four weeks, that's all. If that. Such a shame. Never mind. This match could be great, though. Donna Perazzo versus Rosemary, because you've got a clash of styles, but they really both can go. Particularly Rosemary, and I'm not really high on, um, on, on Perazzo, as you know. It was all Rosemary early on, but... Perazzo went to work on the arm because, of course, she's got the Velas de Milo double arm hook finisher. But Rosemary fights after it with a huge sidewalk slam. Really nice. And she got the Red Wedding in. But Kimberly, who I'm very high on, good wrestler, good character too, saved her from the from the outside. There was a distra- that, that distraction on the outside allowed when Rosemary came back in for. Um, Perazzo to hit the package pile driver Cosa Nostra for the win. And Tyre was there too, threw both Perazzo and Kimberly out of the ring and owned it. And she'll probably be the next contender, won't she? I'd like to see that actually. I think that would be a good match. This was okay, but it wasn't as good as I might have expected. Ah! Not content with doing the we are very funny and everyone's laughing at us backstage or with us backstage. Doc Gallows is away, of course. You've got Carl Anderson who needs a rub, needs to get up there. It's not working at the moment. So where is he? In the bus. And they with Omega and Callis. And Omega is it, it has previous with him and they've worked in New Japan and they talk about all that. You know, I'm Kenny, Kenny Omega. I'm somebody who is quite important here. And I'm telling you how, what, how friendly I am with Carl Anderson. So please like him as well. What else can we do to get him over? Well, he could have a good match. Unfortunately, he didn't. Anderson versus Page was really Page's work. He stared him down beautifully at the beginning. It's lovely. He does such good work. 
and it was a solid match. They hit each other solidly. There weren't a lot of an awful lot of moves. Very nice backbreaker through the ropes from Page. And when Page went for the pin and got a kick out, he screamed at the referee, "I hate you!" <laughs> I love I love Page's work. All you go, the work is great. He's he has a bit more performance ability, and that really really nicely works. He worked on Carl Anderson's back for most of the time. Um, he, he kicked him to the head. Lovely scoop slam with authority for a two count, but. There was a neck breaker and the awfully named Gunston. You know, really, can you please just have a thought about what might work? And they got the pin. Alexander took the, took his jacket off and left, leaving Paige in the ring. And Josh Matthews said that was difficult to watch. It was really good work. Paige imploring, saying, I've got a plan, I've got a plan, I've got a plan. And looking in the camera and saying, if you're watching on the monitor, Carl, or if anybody can tell him, tell him I've got a plan. It was really nicely done. Not Carl, Josh. Really nicely done. And I I love Paige's work, and he may stay at Impact because of the AEW thing. He may go to AEW, he may go to the WWE, wherever he goes. There is a chance that he could become something very special. And I really hope so, because he doesn't half deserve it. At this point, we see what the problem is, or one of them, with impact. Because you've got all the situation with the bus and Carl Anderson being on the bus. Very quickly, Madison Rain says, well, you know, they've been talking here and they know each other, you know. um, There could be a Bullet Club reunion. Right, if you're going to go for that or you're going to tease it, don't just tell us straight out. Tease that over a few weeks or months. Watch your partner promotion, AEW, doing it, and then do it like them. Don't just come out with it, because now you've ruined it. But... The main event was fantastic. Well, it's Chris Bay versus the champion Rich Swan. Why wouldn't it be fantastic? It cranked up beautifully. These two can really, really go. It was cagey early on. Bay got his knees up to a rolling thunder, and then hit, and then got a, uh, and then got a, a pin for a two count. Hit a nice jumping neck breaker. He even before he put a, uh, a before he put a headlock on, he socked Rich Swan in the jaw just to add a little bit of something. And even Bay's abdominal stretch looks good. You know, it's a basic move, but he makes it look something special. And Swan sold it beautifully. Swan got some great offence in as well. A lovely runner off, you know, um, off the top. And a standing moonsault for a two count. But Bay hit a, a Canadian destroyer. Not, not, not the full move, but something really tight and really well done for a long two. Then hit a fisherman buster, which he calls the rocker by Bay, for a long two. He really almost got this. And I knew he wouldn't win, but really they put him over beautifully. He hit his main move, the Art of Finesse. But Swan did a handspring to make sure that the that he didn't he didn't take the move. It's great, he blocked it with a handspring. That's beautiful. So his head didn't hit the mat. It was wonderfully done. Bay had most of the offense here. But Swan had the heart of a champion, of course. 
got a kick and the Phoenix Splash for the pin. Bay is over and needs, I don't know, not the TNT belt because Moose is doing such good work with that, although his EC3 work is something I'm not very keen on and there, was quite a, there were quite a lot of down moments here where he did that robotic voice thing again to, on, on, this, on this event. But Bay needs a run with something. The X Division, uh, but he's, he's getting up there. And there'll come a point where he's bashing his head on the glass ceiling. And they need to come up with something good for him. Otherwise, if I were him, I'd be out of there. This is the, the issue with impact. You need to give people something. Otherwise, they will look for pastures new. And more money and more opportunities. Tonight was an okay event. It was a little more than an impact event. An impact, as I said, is becoming more like a wrestling challenge or or that kind of thing. But it wasn't great. And there was quite a lot of why are these people fighting? Why are they in matches together? The story arc's messed up. They still haven't got this sorted. Good in parts. Four out of five, maybe, because of that last match. But really... They need, if they are going to hang with AEW, the king of the long angles to get their angles and writing in order. Ta-ta.